Welcome to today's podcast, everyone. We're gonna be talking about how to debrief 2023, and I'm actually gonna be sharing slides with you, a presentation that I worked with the Arena Elite guys. So if you want the presentation slides themselves, so you can walk through all the questions and you can do these debrief with yourself, with your team, whatever it may be, please click on the show notes below. We're gonna have a place for you to download everything and get all the details you need. Also, if you're listening to this as a podcast, you're welcome to go to the YouTube. It's gonna be in the link below as well and listen to the whole thing and see it over there. Have a great 2024, everyone. Keep rocking it. Welcome to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. How to build the emotional fortitude to win in life and in business. No fluff, just real world results. I'm your host, Ida Marmarani, ex-Israeli Special Forces, former undercover agent, jiu-jitsu black belt, and mindset expert. Today we're going to be talking about debriefs. We're going to talk about why people don't do it, why they should do it, and I'm also going to be sharing with you guys our personal lessons and my personal lessons from 2023, so maybe you can take them onto yours and you can win much bigger. So we're going to dive right into debriefing. So what we're going to talk about today is why people don't do it, why people think about failure, how they think about failure incorrectly a lot of times, and how it's denying them a lot of success. We're going to talk about what a poor debrief is versus an effective debrief. We're going to talk about the secret sauce question, and we're going to ask, is celebrating wins beneficial? And we're going to break that down. This is a really big one for me. This was a giant thing that a couple of years ago finally really clicked for me and how to do it well, how to not do it well. So first off, reasons for not properly debriefing. Why do people not do it? So really, from what I've seen, it boils down to these following things. One is lack of awareness. Two is not knowing how to technically do it. Three is that it's uncomfortable. It's not fun. Or some people just say, you know what? It takes too much time. Now, here's the deal, guys. What's more fun? Honestly assessing our shortcomings or visualizing our success and filling our cup with positivity towards new goals. Which one more people get drawn to? It's like we have to be, have the maturity and say we need to honestly assess what our shortcomings are. And if we fail throughout this year, which all of us had micro failures, we need to accept that and look at it straight on. Failure is a part of growth. Okay, this is a big thing to recognize. It is not something to shy away from. Failure is a sign that you're pushing your limits, that you're not just staying in your comfort zone because you're literally stumbling over your limits at times, which is great. And it also gives room for lessons to be learned when you stumble beyond those limits. It is absolutely nothing to be embarrassed about. As that old saying goes, show me a man who hasn't failed and I'll show you a man who's never tried. Okay, failure, the deal with it, like all of us are trying to do big things in life. So it's natural that we fail at times, right? That makes sense about other people, so it should make sense and be okay for you as well. Like, yes, failure, failure is sometimes painful and sometimes embarrassing. But here's the big one. Since you've already paid that price for failing, shouldn't you at least get your money's worth and really learn from it and evolve from it? That's what we're going to do, okay? So this is why we debrief. Like, the reality is that what doesn't evolve dies. And we must learn from our mistakes in order to evolve, survive, and win, especially if you're in a very competitive niche in business. When a mistake is made, we need to look at straight in the face and ask the necessary questions in order to attain newfound wisdom and really grow. And doing this can ensure that the same mistake doesn't repeat itself and cause a tragic toll. Or basically, as that old saying goes, you can avoid paying a dumb tax for doing again something you know you shouldn't have done. So with that, we're gonna move right into the debriefs. So there's again, a poor debrief and an effective debrief. And we're gonna differentiate between the two because this is really important. So most people either have a non-existent debriefing practice or they do a poor one. Not because they're bad, just because nobody ever taught them how to do it. Okay, so basically they say, okay, this was past year's big sexy edition goals. This was past year's action plan. 
and then they have no actual reflection of the past year's success or failures, and then just go on to the next year. They say, okay, this is next year's big, sexy, audacious goals, and this is next year's action plans. So you can see how there's not a lot of actual growth there. Of course, they're gonna learn some lessons just because subconsciously they recognize what's going on and they know they shouldn't do this or that again, but there's no real intentionality here. There's not a real like harvesting of all those lessons, it's just some of it happens naturally. So that's not really effective, okay? That's a poor one. So what is an effective debrief? An effective debrief is when you really look at it like this, and this is what I learned in the Special Forces that they hit in us like from day one on how to debrief both hot and cold, but basically this is the structure. So you have your desired outcome for mission number one. Then you have the battle plan for mission number one. Then you debrief mission number one. And after you debrief and you say what worked and what didn't work and so on and so on, you update your general battle methodology. Basically all your SOPs, your strategy, whatever it may be. You recognize, oh, this is how we need to change things moving forward. And then with that newfound wisdom, you say, okay, this is our desired outcome for mission number two. So therefore, this is gonna be our battle plan for mission number two, taking into account our updated SOPs battle methodologies, and so on and so on. Because if we take those into account, we'll have better execution, and we'll probably get better results. Now again, this is pretty simple, but the reason people don't do this usually is again, because they're not aware of how to do it, so we're gonna resolve that right now. They're not knowing that they should do it, which now you're aware as well. But again, it's uncomfortable, it's not as fun as just visualizing your success, or they say to themselves, it takes too much time. Now here's the deal, this presentation that I'm showing you guys right now, if you're listening to it on the podcast, this is something I did with my elite guys in under an hour and a half. An hour and a half, and they got these extremely, extremely valuable lessons to make sure they don't repeat the same stumbles next year. This doesn't have to be a two day thing where you're doing a retreat somewhere. You can literally towards an hour and a half and debrief this, and honestly, you could probably do it in less of that as well. So how to effectively debrief 2023? These are the things that we went over, okay? These are exact questions that I asked my elite guys when we did the actual debrief. First thing you do is you look, what were my desired outcomes for 2023? Okay, and then you ask yourself, what was my plan of attack strategies or the KPIs? How did I actually hope to make that happen? Now, this is really important to differentiate between the two. Sometimes people go ahead and write like, oh, my plan, like my desired outcomes was to do more marketing. Like, no, that was a strategy. Your desired outcome was probably to make more money in the business. There needs to be a clear target. Number one, what were my desired outcomes? That needs to be a very, very clear target. What are you actually trying to accomplish? Then number two is how are you actually trying to accomplish that? What was the thing that you said, if we do this, we're probably gonna see success in getting to that target. So that's number one and number two. And if you didn't have these clear, that's already a big lesson. Number three is you say, what was the gap between my goals and what I actually accomplished? Okay, this is when you write this down. What was the gap between what I wanted to happen and what happened in reality? Then number four, say, why did that gap happen? This is when you honestly take a look at like, why did this happen? And I'll explain this in a little bit. Fifth, you say, what benefited me in the pursuit of my goals and how can I incorporate that into the future plans? Now, this is really important. Debriefing isn't just to look at why we didn't do things right. It's also to understand what did we actually do really well? What are some key things that I can take into 2024 that if I keep doing these things or do more of them, whatever it may be, I can win easily, okay? This is a big part of it. And then number six is we ask what hindered me in the pursuit of my goals and how can I mitigate or take that into account moving forward? What were the things that really got in my way? Okay, so those are the key six questions. Now, number seven is most importantly, is there a higher level principle to play here 
that can have an overarching effect in the future on my life or business. So this is usually a personal trait that isn't serving me and is causing me to make decisions that are in line with my desired outcomes. So when you go to that, why did that gap happen? Question number four here, you'll probably come up with a technical reason. Why did this happen? But again, if you're the head of your business, you have to figure out why did you make that happen? What is it about yourself? So what we did is everybody did this by themselves. But what we also wanted to get is we wanted to learn the lessons from each other. So after everybody did this by themselves, we started sharing time. So this is where I'm also going to share my lessons with everybody here. So we just shared it simple like this. And this is something great that you can do if you're doing this with a group. There's something very powerful about debriefing your entire year and doing it with a group of your peers. To so say, okay, guys, we're going to do this together. It's going to take an hour and a half tops. And we're going to learn a lot of valuable lessons. So the things that we shared was one, what was the gap between my goals and what I actually accomplished? So for us, my company, it was about 300K in revenue. We wanted to hit a certain target. We were about 300K short of that. Then we asked, why did that gap happen? Well, why that gap happened is that we didn't focus enough on the meat and potatoes of the business, the JVs, outreach, lead gen, and actually creation of the book. We got down, we got bogged down into the weeds of less important things, and that happened because we weren't organized enough and we lost focus of our main goals at times. So then we asked, what benefited me in the pursuit of my goals and how can I incorporate that into future plans? So what really benefited us this year was whenever we had forced external deadlines. So when we actually had the arena cohorts, things went really well because we were forced to be accountable externally. When we had an alumni event, it went really, really well. When we had our VIP event for the elite guys, it went really, really well. And also getting an external consultant to show us the path, a small one where they explained us this is what you need to do and then us executing it worked really, really well. Basically finding a small win of saying, I'm gonna find somebody who shows how to do it instead of hoping for a giant home run of I'm gonna find this person to execute everything from A to Z. So those were the things that really benefited us this year. Then number four is what hindered me in the pursuit of my goals? And how can I mitigate or take that into account moving forward? So the big thing that hindered us this year was not having a system to keep Edomar or the business in check if Edomar loses focus. So in October this year, for obvious reasons, I lost a little bit of focus and I wasn't as sharp as I usually was. And we didn't have any structure there to safeguard us staying focused on the main things. Like I said earlier, why that gap happened, we didn't have a structure to keep us focused on the main things when I wasn't as focused as I needed to be. And we're gonna mitigate that moving forward by actually hiring a project manager probably or having some kind of system to make sure that it's not just reliant on me staying focused as the head of the business. Now, the big one is, the secret sauce question is, is there a higher level principle here at play that can have an overarching effect in the future on my life and business? And this is usually a personal trait that isn't serving me and it's causing me to make decisions that aren't in line with my desired outcomes. So for me, the big lesson was that constantly trying to get on base is better than trying to create conditions to swing at home runs. Here's what I mean by that. I recognize that I try to go for big, giant, audacious wins because of ego, instead of actually going for the small wins that will add up and actually like this stuff slows me down. In the aggregate, if I was just trying to stack up smaller wins, I'd accomplish more than if I just started creating these really giant audacious things. And I can't bullshit myself and tell myself, oh, it's because I'm audacious, I like to go for big things. But honestly, there's also an aspect there of ego. I know it's logically not the best thing to do, but I still did it last year. So why did I do that? It was probably an emotional thing. It was my ego. And I need to acknowledge that and recognize that. And one of our big things for next year is not to try to only swing for the fences, but to stack up a lot of small wins that will add up to a lot of runs coming in. So 
that's that. The five parts, these are the five questions you ask when you actually share with other people. What was the gap between my goals and what I actually wanted to accomplish? Why did that gap happen on a technical level? What benefited me in the pursuit of my goals and how can I incorporate that into future plans? Four, what hindered me in the pursuit of my goals and how can I mitigate or take that into account moving forward? And the secret sauce question is, most importantly, is there a higher level principle at play here that can have an overarching effect in the future on my life and my business? Again, this is usually a personal trait of ours that isn't serving us anymore. So that's what you do for your business. Now, what I also highly, highly suggest is that you do that for your personal life. You do the exact same thing. Because what's interesting is that when we also did this for our personal lives, we recognize that most of the guys didn't have clear goals or targets. The first thing you're supposed to figure out, like, what did I want to accomplish this year? Their goals or targets were so vague and ambiguous that it would absolutely be something they would not tolerate in their businesses. They would not say, oh, I kind of want to make more money. But for some reason, they said, I just kind of want to have a better relationship or I want to have a bit more adventure or I want to lose some weight. There was these very intangible goals, the opposite of smart goals that they had in their personal life. So because they didn't set these benchmarks of what they actually wanted to accomplish, they couldn't in hindsight actually introspect and say, well, why didn't I accomplish this? Or why didn't I accomplish that? As that saying goes, like if there's no target, you can't hit it. And if you can't actually debrief why you didn't hit a target, you're not giving yourself a beautiful opportunity to grow. So I think this is really important. If in your personal life, you recognize that your yearly goals aren't as tactical, they're not as smart goals, whatever it may be as they need to be, you can really upgrade all your methodologies if you actually put yourself on the hook by being specific about it. So that's the personal life. Now, with that, we also wrapped it up by celebrating our wins. And I wanted to explain why we did this. So I used to be very anti-celebrating wins when I was younger. I was like, I don't have time for this. This is nonsense. I need to learn. I need to grow. I need to move forward. And I thought this was just kind of like fluffy, unicorn, let's all dance around with crystals around the moonlight kind of stuff. But I've changed, okay? So a mentor of mine taught me this and it was really important to me. So first off, celebrating wins, it is nice to do. That I always recognized. But what I didn't understand at the time was how important it is. And let me explain why. So for you guys listening on the podcast, there's also a link to watch the YouTube video so you can see the graphs we're gonna show here. But basically your emotional fortitude, it dictates your action threshold, okay? And your emotional fortitude is basically comprised of how confident you are and how courageous you're capable of being. So there's a kind of threshold there. The more confident you are, the more action you take. The more courageous you're able to be, on top of that, the even more action you'll take. And celebrating our wins, the reason it's so important is because it allows our confidence to be more realistically adjusted. So a lot of times we don't feel confident in ourselves and we view ourselves through the lens of who we were two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. And because that's our level of confidence, we set goals that match that level of what we think we're capable of because we don't recognize what we've accomplished. And celebrating our wins has a very unique impact where it actually readjusts where our confidence should be. So if I were to set goals, me personally, based on how I felt about myself and my capabilities in business five years ago, I would set much smaller goals that wouldn't actually make a lot of sense. But if I do it at based off, oh wait, we did all this last year, these were our wins, this is what we have in place already, these are the assets, this is what we've created, I can set much more realistic goals for how somebody like me in my situation should be thinking. And I think beyond the fact that celebrating wins is nice, and it's nice to enjoy this game of business in that aspect, and especially enjoy it with your peers, with your friends, with your loved ones, and so on, and celebrate what you've done, it actually gives you better performance. And for me, that's what tricked me over. 
when I recognize that it's not just going to be fun, but it's actually going to improve my performance, that's when I bought into celebrating wins. And I hope for you guys that first off, you had a lot of successes in 2023, and I hope you give yourself permission to celebrate them as well. First off, because you should enjoy life. It's a part of it, something that I have to learn as well. But two, and if that doesn't convince you, recognize that it will actually improve your performance. Celebrating your wins will readjust internally how you feel about yourself and how confident you should be. And therefore, it'll allow you to go for better and bigger goals without feeling as stressful as they should be. So that was Debriefing 2023. I hope that helped. And I will see you guys on the next episode. Last thing before you go. I would love to hear what are your personal biggest lessons from 2023. If you'd be willing to either share them in the comments below or email them to us at im at edamarmarine.com, I'd respond to each and every one of them. I'd love to learn your lessons, what held you back, how you plan to grow, or just general things you said. These are main takeaways that I want to take moving forward. So again, either drop them in the comments below or email us at im at edamarmarine.com, and I'll reply to each and every one of them. Have a great 2024, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. Please tell a friend if you enjoyed it and found value in it. Three last things before you go, though. If you feel like someone else with your exact skill set and abilities could be accomplishing more than you currently are, that's a mindset and emotional access issue. And here are three ways I'd love to help you conquer any internal limitations, go big, and win. One, three quick ideas Tuesday newsletter. It's a weekly email with three quick ideas around one aspect of elite performance and how to approach it differently to get better and faster results. People say it's the most thought-provoking and impactful two minutes they spend in their inbox each week. It's easy to sign up to and easy to cancel, and you can sign up at edamomryan.com slash three ideas. Two is the Emotional Fortitude Micro Course. It will help you build the emotional fortitude and confidently tackle any goal. It's the complete, nothing held back, emotional fortitude system in five simple parts. It's all under five minutes each module. See it, use it, and win. And it's completely free at edamomorani.com slash course. And number three, lastly, if you want to dive in and aggressively level up, the Arena Mindset Accelerator might be for you. It's a six-week intense sprint for entrepreneurs who are up for a dramatic transformation. It's an interactive live program where you'll be working with me in a very hands-on way to get clarity on what you want, build an effective mindset to optimize for your goals, and establish elite emotional fortitude that would allow you to overcome any fear or doubt that could get in your way. You can learn more at itamarmarani.com slash accelerator. You can find all of these links in the show notes below or go to itamarmarani.com and have a look around. Until next time, who dares wins.